welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wow, she's really gorgeous today. Look <laughs> at her. Super wonderful, intelligent, Disney architecture wife, Michelle. What's that about? Thank you, sweetie. And I'm, I'm wearing my animal print because it'll come into play oh, in the topic of today. Mm, that's very interesting. Speaking of that topic, we are recording this episode on Saturday, October 3rd. 2020. <laughs> now, originally, we had planned to celebrate Rocktober uh, with a certain topic that we were going to go through. We announced it on the newsletter and on last week's episode and everything. However, we had some conflicts yeah, run sorry. into. Unfortunately, we had to postpone with uh, Tombstone Josh from the Didsnoids podcast. So we are going to bring you that episode later this month, hopefully, but we had to kind of change up things on the fly today. Right. And sorry about that. I know that my schedule is not always keen. <laughs> <laughs> but you're keen. Aww, you're super keen. You're so sweet. And neat and all sorts of stuff like that. Funny, peachy keen. Uh, so but, but in the meantime, please go check out uh, Tombstone Josh yeah. and the, the Disnoids podcast, and we will uh, look to reschedule with him later this month yeah. and get that uh, Rocktober episode <laughs> out there to you. And we'll have a lot of fun with that. For so, but today's episode, we're we think we have a great topic as well, and I think you're really going to enjoy this. So, uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website. HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... You can sign up for our newsletter. Yes, please sign up for the newsletter. We promise not every week will we send out the wrong topic for the week, but we <laughs> will try and keep you in the Hyperion Adventures know, let you uh, kind of be on the inside of what's going on in our world, as well as what's going on with the Disney Dishes blog, our YouTube channel, all sorts of stuff like that best way to get that and people who get that first are those who subscribe to the newsletter right and we don't do anything else with that email address nope and we don't clog your inbox either we just send once a week something to you to let you know what's going on and that's it you can also follow us on social media we like to have a lot of fun out on social media with a lot of people in the disney community community including tombstone josh mm -hmm. uh you can find us there on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast we are on youtube you can find a lot of these episodes that you're hearing. You can see how pretty Michelle looks in her <laughs> animal print on our YouTube channel. If you ever want to find us there, you can search us out for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. Eventually, when we get enough subscribers, we'll have our own site that you you know just be like, you know, youtube.com slash Hyperion Adventures Podcast. But we need some more subscribers, so please subscribe. But for the meantime, just find us, hit subscribe, and then our newest video will come right up for you. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool. That's cool. Cool. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, you can always hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And we love hearing from people. We enjoy the feedback or the camaraderie that we get in some emails. It's really fun. And uh, if you ever have questions about our, any of our topics that we've done, we want to make sure we answer those questions. Will yes, you? for sure. Uh, we're always trying to help as much as possible. Now, before we get into the meat of today's show, uh, there are a few things I want to get to first. Really? Yes. We already mentioned that obviously our main topic has changed for this week. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, secondly, um, you know, we just wanted to talk about that our hearts are going out to those 28,000 Disney cast yes. members. And actually, there's a lot of people in the travel industry right mm -hmm. now that are getting laid off this week. And um, it just breaks our heart that this has happened. Right. You know? um, and so we just wanted to say thank you uh, to every one of you who has helped us along the way, or made our vacation special, made our trips to the Disney parks special, made our stays so special. Um, we appreciate you so much, you know, and, and want to thank you for all that you've done over this time. And I know this is a dark period right now. And Hopefully you will land on your feet. Um, there, you are all talented people. You're all great at customer service. You all do a wonderful job. I'm sure that there'll be a, a job out there that will open up for you soon. And maybe someday, hopefully, you know, something, if you want to come back, will open up back at Disney because eventually this thing is going to, we're going to find some sort of normalcy again. Right. And there will be more jobs. It's it's happened in the past, some other similar things, not exactly like this. Not a pandemic. But some other similar things. Right. Jobs have gone away. Jobs have come back. We're hoping for you all 
uh, that that if that is what you want, if Disney is your dream, or if you just really love working for Disney, that that opens up for you. But whatever the case is, we just hope that you land on your feet. And if there's anything we can do to help to brighten your day at all, uh, please hit us up on social media or email or whatever the case. Right. And I want to echo what you said. I mean, there's so many people that provide pixie dust, whether it's been for us or other people, and not just people, the frontline people that you see, but a lot of behind the scenes people who create that magic to help support those people who are are actually giving out the pixie dust there. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, our hearts go out to you. Uh, we know there are struggles in life and we wish you all the best. Yeah, the, the cast members are truly what makes Disney special. Mm -hmm. And so it really is painful that this had to happen. It's just, it, it's such mm -hmm. a miserable time in our world right now for, in so many jobs and especially the travel industry. And of course that includes Disney and, you know, Disneyland still hasn't opened. We still don't know right. when that's going to happen. And it's just, it's just so difficult, but we believe in you. We love you and we want you to know we are here for you as much as as we possibly can be exactly i know it is it is like you're saying with disneyland not being open i keep putting on twitter about magic you know reopening and stuff and it's like okay maybe i'm jinxing it so i've stopped doing yeah. that i've and changed we, the the uh, our pictures and things like that and we keep getting <laughs> these little teases it's like this is going to be the week mm -hmm. this is going to be the week and it just keeps on you know postponing and it's driving us crazy out here on the west coast but not nearly as crazy as i said those cast members that right. because of all this happening have lost their jobs yep. and are in a really bad way right now but we are as much as we possibly can be we are here for you uh secondly in a little um, much happier note for us personally anyway uh we announced this on social media this week but just in case you don't follow us there uh we wanted to let you know that september was our best month for downloads Yay. ever. Best single thank month you, for downloads ever. Yes, thank you so much. That's thanks to you. So thank you very much. Uh, we can tell you, um, we can't tell you how much we appreciate that you listen to this mm -hmm. show and that you share the input, your input onto this show yeah. and that you've told your friends about us because that's how this happens. A lot of times right. it's by word of mouth from people. Uh, we're honored that you've joined to, to kind of join us in this Hyperion adventure that we're on. And it's, you know, because it's all about spreading Disney community uh, positivity. You know, right. that's what we like to be about. And we're, you know, glad that you're willing to go on this journey with us. And right. We love hearing about your joy mm -hmm. and your joyous experiences with Disney, whether it's now or in the past. And uh, it, it's really fun to chat with you about that and have some ideas for the future. Mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all good. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's easy to go negative in this space with the, in the, within everything, but mm -hmm. in the Disney community, you know, it's really easy to be negative, controversial. That's what draws clicks. That's what draws downloads. Mm -hmm. It's what draws listens. Um, and that's why, you know, us deciding to make this a positive Disney podcast and that being our focus. Um, the fact that you join us on this journey, it, it makes it truly special to us because of that fact, because it's easy to go the other way. But the fact that you've come along with us on this mm -hmm. positive trail that we're trying to lead on, uh, we appreciate it. And we're proud that uh, you are we're proud and honored that you have uh, willing to join us on this journey. Yeah, I don't think I could say it any better. I mean, you know, we, we do feel like we're positive people and we just really get more of that from, from our listeners and the people who interact with us, like you said, whether on social media or through e emails even, you know, it's just, it's been so rewarding for us and so fun. Yeah. Oh, it's been uh, so much from when we started this, you know, two and a half years ago, uh, we never thought that the, the this world would open up to us mm -hmm. so much. We just thought, you know, we love to talk Disney. Let's put it out there and see if anybody wants to listen to us talk about Disney. Right. Surprisingly enough, many of you did. <laughs> uh, and But the, even more surprising than that are some of these friendships we've made right. uh, throughout this Disney community with many of you. And uh, we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you've done for us. And you inspire us every single day. Yes, you do. Yes. So finally, I've got one more thing I want to talk about before we get to our main topic. And yes, I know. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm uh, kidding. And it's, uh, you know, I'm sorry to do this to you, but it's going to be a sports take uh, that I need to pass along because, you know, I wasn't sports radio for many, many years. But um, as you may know, we are based in San Diego, California. Mm -hmm. And as of this recording, our San Diego Padres are working their way through the 2020 Major League Baseball playoffs. And we, we just want to take a moment just to kind of talk about this team just for a second, because I don't know if you know anything about San Diego sports history, but 
It's been a pretty dismal one, okay? Uh, The Chargers left town a few years ago, and the owner of the team basically spit on the city on the way way out, okay? Uh, The Padres have been mostly dismal for the entire history of their franchise, yet we love them dearly. Um, And we're sure you know that 2020, this is one thing we know you know, uh, 2020 has been a severely depressing year all around, okay? Especially when it comes to sports. Right. Not being able to go to them. Right. So many things that we can't go to or do, and then, you know, people losing jobs and everything else, and just, you know, just, it's just, it's a tough year to make it through. Mm -hmm. Well, we just want to take a moment to thank the San Diego (laughs) Padres, the 2020 San Diego Padres, for providing us a bit of joy during Uh, this bleak time. The team... If you don't know them, if you haven't experienced them, and most of you across the country probably have not, but they're extremely fun and you can't count them out of anything. You know, in this, this last week of the season, they lost their two best starting pitchers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they went into this, this playoff run, you know, after that, they, they clinched their first postseason berth in 14 years, which is amazing enough. They've had losing seasons for many, many years. I think it's like 10 years straight that they've been losing seasons. They get to the postseason. Uh, Then they get into the postseason finally, and they lose the first game. (laughs) Then in the second game, they're down four to nothing, and then later six to two in game two, and they're able to battle their way back to stay alive. And then in game three, the clinching game, they don't have a starting pitcher to go in that. <laughs> so they went with Johnny Allstaff and used their whole bullpen. They used nine pitchers over the nine-inning game and shut them out. Yeah. This team is amazing. I, they, they've been so incredibly resilient and wonderful and fun to watch. Uh, in the past couple of weeks, they've earned that spot in the postseason. the first time in 14 years. They've won a playoff series for the first time in 22 years. Right. And that they, not only that, they did it against the franchise that has knocked them out the last two years they were in the postseason <laughs> and three times overall. And so, you know, I don't know what's coming forward to this team. They're going up against the Dodgers in the next round who are very, very yeah. good. I don't know if those pitchers that the Padres are missing are going to be able to come back. But if they are, you know, that would be great. Right. But either way, uh, this team, like I said, is so resilient, so fun, and has – so much energy that I wouldn't bet against them going farther right. within this playoffs. But no matter what happens from here on out, uh, Tatis, Machado, Hosmer, Myers, the entire franchise, thank you so very much for providing us this spark of joy during the season. You can see we've got a little swing fryer yeah. down here if you're watching this on YouTube. Back here, I've got my Mr. Padre, Tony Gwynn autographed baseball glove, one of my pride of my collection of of, uh, different uh, souvenirs or whatever. And um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much uh, for being there for us during this time. We've had so much fun and we can't wait to see where we go from here. Right. I mean, win or lose, they've been really entertaining to watch. Um, You know, like you said, it, it has such a great, strong blend of, you know, the new people and new coach. Um, you know, it's, it's something, it's one thing to be a, an established coach and draw some from your skill sets to get your team through a pandemic. Here you have somebody who really doesn't have the history of the skill sets that you would think with some of the other teams and starting off kind of brand new in an most unusual year yeah. um, to begin with. But, uh, and, and then, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is because there isn't really the fans in the, in at the stadium, the, the way that they're celebrating is together. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like they really did bond closer because that they didn't have that external celebratory feeling that they would normally have. And, and I could say that, I guess, for all the teams. I don't know that we've watched as much of, to see as much of that as we have with our home team. But it's been really fun to see that. And I think they really do um, have pride in this team and they are ones to really make sure they're pulling out the best of each of their their team members exactly there's just and there's just so much joy that comes out of this clubhouse you see them if you've ever watched them you can look up some clips from them um they dance in the dugout after home runs and stuff (laughs) um they just have so much fun they seem to enjoy one another they 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 get energy off of one another it's just been such a it's just been so fun to watch to this point so um thank you again padres for providing that for us and you know i'm just gonna say it go out there take the cake okay take the cake (laughs) 
Okay, sports take done. Let's get to our main topic of the week. But before, I want to tell you we have lots of other stuff for you today, including we now know uh, when we will be able to take part in the Ultimate Disney Fan Event again. And we now know who will be playing one of Marvel's most important and interesting characters. But let's finally get to it. (laughs) Here is our main topic of the week. So this week's topic is a really interesting one that Michelle kind of dug up the other day. She came <laughs> up to me and she's like, I think this would be a fantastic topic for us to cover very, very soon. And because we had to shuffle some things around, it got moved right to the <laughs> yeah. forefront. But I think this is a very fascinating topic. Well, thank you, honey. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it just, um, it, it was fun. It's a fun topic, but it's also like with music. It's hard one to pin down because when you're talking about the architect of the Disney parks, there's so much wonderful, wonderful architecture. There's so many great stories and history and symbols, symbolism that it's really kind of cool, but again, hard to to narrow down to five. Yeah. And it's like five of today. It could be different ones on another day. Right. But these are, it's just fascinating. And, the, and you may look at them and not even realize that what, how much wonderful architecture there is within mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the, all the Disney parks and the resorts and everything else. Right. But we're going to try and pair this down to our five favorite Disney architectural uh, marvels that we discover in the parks. And, and we always start whenever we do these lists, one with Michelle, one because she's, look at her, she's gorgeous, she's wonderful. <laughs> She's fantastic. Uh, one thing, she'll she'll just have the very best list. She'll have the most uh, work into it. She'll have the most research. I'll be pretty much, you know, you can pretty much guess my list. Her list will be a little bit different. It'll be a little bit funky, but it will be the best list. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's number five Disney architectural marvel. You're so sweet. So I like like your list. This one's pretty. That this one's much shiny. It. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I'm just kidding. Here's my number five, because I just like it. <laughs> no. That's pretty much it. Actually, that's pretty much true. Just wait till you get to my list. Oh that's my pretty gosh. much true. So, um, obviously, uh, Epcot has some mo- some really unique, as do all the parks, but I think, you know, if you're looking at one area of a park or, you know, of, um, you know, like if you're saying Disneyland Resort, Disney World Resort, Paris, Disneyland, etc. Um, Epcot seems to have a lot, and it was hard to try to make sure I just didn't do bam, 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 all Epcot. Uh-huh. But I do want to include Epcot. And so for my number five pick, uh, I put the obviously the French Pavilion is is a is really wonderful. It does really capture all the different types of essences that you find in France. You know, whether you're talking about you know the the pastry shops mm-hmm. or the, the Seine or the art or, you know, just the feel of France. You get that there. Like, you know, we've been to France mm-hmm. and when, when we go to the French pavilion, we, we have that same, mm-hmm. it evokes that same kind of feeling and, and that same kind of um, atmosphere that, right. you, that you see there. But I really wanted to uh, focus on the Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. as being, you know, the, you know, like the structure to address in the French Pavilion. And so it's like one tenth the scale of the actual Eiffel Tower. Um, obviously, they use force perspective, so it looks like it's a lot larger and further away. Um, when the Imagineers were designing this, they actually uh, were able to work with the French government to get the paint color scheme of the original Eiffel Tower and were able to reproduce that. So it has that, that essence of authenticity, you know, that attention to detail. It's like, if you don't have the Eiffel Tower next to the, the replica, how would you even know that paint sure. color distinction? But again, it shows how the Disney Imagineers really wanted to make sure they are really getting you that immersive feeling. That sense of realism. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's a really interesting history that they, they did that and that they were able, it's, I'm sure, one of the few or only 
companies that were ever able to have that kind of a privilege at getting that type of information Mm -hmm. to be able to utilize it. So um, obviously we could talk about so many other structures there in the French pavilion, but I wanted to highlight that one as my number five because of the authenticity. Love it. I totally get it. Um, we love the uh, the France Pavilion very mm-hmm. much. It's one of our favorite spots to stop in, um, whether it's uh, festival season or not. Mm-hmm. Grab a bite, just kind of right. relax down there, find a place, and then hopefully there's a, a shady tree open and a festival table or you know a trash can top uh, that's open <laughs> right. for us to relax and <laughs> enjoy a glass of champagne and uh, whatever they croissant. are. Yes, yeah, yeah. so croissant. We are always at la la as boulangerie patisserie. Yeah. I can't. I just let her I say it whenever that. I want to like, say it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little brain dead right now. It's all good. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Michelle's number five, always the best number oh, five. You're sweet. My number five, I totally cheated on. And um, I may not go through all of these because of the fact that they told me. I just, I could not pick because I just love World Showcase so much <laughs> that my number five is all the pavilions <laughs> of World Showcase at Epcot. Oh, yeah, I just couldn't pick one. They're all stunning in their different way um, right. for different reasons. I think that there's some that may be a little bit better than others, mm-hmm. but I, I just, I, you know, I'm from Mexico to China to Italy, Germany, uh, Japan. They're all, you know, Morocco. Right. They're all in their different ways are spectacular and the, the the thought process that went behind mm-hmm. uh, what the Imagineers did with that area. It's the, you know, the fact that they are so wonderful and I'll, I'll probably go through a couple of these that are my favorite parts of it, but I don't want to steal thunder from Michelle because oh, she right. may have more on her list. Um, no uh, the, you know, the, the fact that the, the architecture is so great and it does evoke this feeling mm-hmm. is one of the main reasons why we just love, it's our favorite place just to take a stroll, a leisurely stroll through it, any of the Disney parks, right. uh, anywhere. Um, we, we love it so much. Right. I mean, I totally agree with you. And that, and, and that isn't cheating. I think it's a, it's a good representation of, uh, of the architect as a whole. And, um, you know, some of the things I, for me, when I'm going into these countries, I tend to really to make sure I'm getting as much of that immersive feeling as possible is actually tend to have my back towards the water mm-hmm. and just really be into the pavilion facing and look and looking up. But I mean, just, you know, whether you're getting some of their quick service food or like you're talking about it a little while ago, like a glass of champagne and just sitting at one of the little benches, especially if you get there before it really gets busy Mm -hmm. and the, you know, as World Showcase opens, go to that area first. And you can really have some area where you feel like you're there and it's not super crowded. But yeah, I mean, they really did so much detail and you could go to any of the countries and pick one or two things as superb highlights for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, uh, Dillas Diz did an episode a couple of weeks ago talking about kind of pockets uh, within the Disney mm-hmm. parks, you know, kind of areas to go. There are tons of wonderful little pockets just to kind of take in right. the experience, a little immersive experience within Epcot and World Showcase for sure. So that's kind of interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, so That's good. my number five. Mm-hmm. Let's get to Michelle's number four Disney architectural marvel. Okay, well, still at Epcot. Uh, is going to the Norway Pavilion. And again, uh, so many of these pavilions I, you know, had like on and took them off and, you know, for various reasons. But um, Norway had some really unique things to it. Obviously, like in many of the other um, pavilions, as we just mentioned in the French Pavilion, there there are replicas. So like the Stave Church is a replica, um, you know, of of a church in, in Norway. But one of the things that's kind of interesting and unique there is the building with the sod roof, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that building. Right? And so, you know, it's just just very unique. And so, you know, um, learning about that, you know, and what it is, and, and I think for most people, obviously, they think insulation. And yes, the use of sod mm-hmm. is a technique for insulating. But the other thing is the weight of it uh, in Norway would help make sure holding the roof in that there wasn't letting air in, mm. you know, and really having that tight seal to keep the heat inside of the homes, Cool, you know, but just also the history behind this. I mean, um, they were very common 
in very early time frames, obviously. But um, it was also interesting to hear about how it was a labor-intensive process to get sod on people's houses. You know, you get first, it's like a, it, it's interesting because it's almost like uh, with each area, it's a two-person job. So like somebody's laying the birch and somebody's laying the sod, mm. you know, so it has that people working together on it. Um, but much like you've heard about in early America and about barn raisings, in Norway, they would invite their neighbors, their families and friends to help do this project as well. So it brought in that that community feel nice. to it. So I thought that symbolism, you know, if you're just looking at it and you see a sod roof, yeah, it's okay, Norway. But when you think of all the, the things behind it, it really just makes you appreciate it that much more. Um, now, unlike a, in Norway where they would try to have animals I guess goats or whatever help keep it trimmed. Um, Disney has a horticulture team. <laughs> you don't have, they don't just walk some goats around? No, no, that they can trim Bring them out. over from the Animal <laughs> Kingdom Park and just you know, let them you know, gnaw away. Right, exactly. Good idea, though. Um, but, you know, and if you do look, you could probably see some of the sprinklers and things like that that they have up there. But, again, to me, the symbolism of what that country had in having that was so much richer than just the building itself. Yeah, so. that's, that's great. And great <laughs> research. This is why Michelle's lists are the best lists. Uh, this research, I don't have anything like that in mind. This is brilliant, Michelle. So just to disregard my list. Just listen to Michelle's list for the rest of this because my list is still going to be, like she said before, ooh, shiny, pretty. I like it. <laughs> funny <laughs> good job that's Thank that's, that's you. fascinating stuff I'm, I'm fascinated by it great job i hope <laughs> the listeners are too because that's great stuff. i hope it's not too boring not at all too that's much great. a history lesson yeah, that's good you know. stuff that's really oh, good stuff thank so. you uh, for my number four uh, Disney architectural model, I'm going to come back to the West Coast, uh, which hopefully opens sometime soon. Yes. Uh, and to Disney California Adventure Park. And we've talked about it many times. Mm -hmm. um, it's arguably the most, if you're just going to talk about being within a movie, mm -hmm. the most immersive land in any Disney park. And that is Cars Land right. within uh, Disney's uh, California Adventure Park. And mm -hmm. uh, specifically, I'm going to talk about the Radiator Springs backdrop. Yeah. Because it is unbelievable. If you've never seen it before, uh, it's like you are, if you stand there, it's like you were transported between somewhere in the southwestern United right. States with bluffs and mesas and, you know, um, jagged uh, Rocky Mountains mm -hmm. and a waterfall and the um, the forced perspective of it. I mean, it's not really that big. Right. But it looks immense. It yes. looks it is, and the, the the painting of it, the different coloring um, to provide shadow and provide depth. And it's just, it's brilliant every time you go there. And if you've never been there, this is going to be one of those spots you're going to want to just sit there and take in. Matter of fact, we'd like to go just to, to Flo's V8 right. Cafe and just sit there and have a meal and just look at it because it's, right. it's just, it's beautiful, wonderful. And you're going to want a picture in front of it. It's one of the most um, scenic spots right. within any Disney park that I've ever seen. And it's, 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 it's amazing that the Imagineers were able to uh, get that together and make it look so realistic. Exactly. Um, yeah, it really, like you talked about the force perspective. I, I think of all the Disney structures, and, they, and many of them do use that technique. This by far is stunning how effective mm -hmm. it is at, like you said, making it seem so enormous, so vast, and um, and have so many unique things. Like you said, having the waterfall, having different, you know, rock formations and trees and things. And, and you experience that even on the ride, which you would think, hey, I'm on this ride, I'm right there, and it should seem like it's small, and it doesn't, yeah. it, even even from that close. And it it is an amazing uh, architectural feat for the yeah. for sure. Uh, it's like one of my favorite things, uh, obviously, um, any, any park. And um, it's just one of the reasons we love Cars Land so much. And mm -hmm. hopefully for those of you who are mainly Walt Disney World attendees, um, that eventually some point you'll just be able to get out to Disneyland to experience Cars Land for yourself. Because it, it, if you've seen the movie, if you really, if you enjoy the movie especially, but even if you've seen the movie, you're going to be shocked at how much you are plopped right into the film as you're walking down mm -hmm. there version of route 66 yes. right there in the middle of radiator springs it is to the letter um exactly what you see in the movie. well not 
exactly, but very, very close to what you see in the movie. It's amazing. Yeah. It is funny because you feel like you're on a Hollywood set, and yet then you remembered, wait, that was an animated film. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point. That's a great point. Those are the best points. So that's my number four. Let's get to Michelle's number three Disney architectural marvel. All right, so my number three... It is pretty, um, is the, um, well, it's the Enchanted Tiki Room at Walt Disney World. And specifically the pagoda uh-huh. is what I, what kind of came to mind. Yeah, but there's a, yeah. right, there's a lot of parts to it that I thought were interesting. So first of all, uh, when it opened at Walt Disney World, it was called um, Tropical Serenade. And that was because the sponsor that they had was the Florida Citrus Growers. Um, when you would go into the building, the main building, it, it did say Enchanted Tiki Room on there, but the, the attraction was called Tropical Serenade, right. but it was a duplicate of the one that was at, designed at Walt Disneyland. Um, but what made this different in the, in the use of the pagoda is um, the Imagineers, obviously knowing they had more space, thought, okay, at Disneyland, you could actually walk past the Tiki, the Enchanted Tiki Room, and uh, I guess it's called Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, and not really notice it because right. it's just kind of tucked away behind. Smaller space, yeah. right? You know, and it's a great use of space. However, it's it's not so highly visible, mm-hmm. and so that's why here they really wanted to draw upon it because this was one of their major attractions. Um, so they did build this multi-tiered um, pagoda. And um, so some of the interesting things uh, in the, the structures around there is it looks like, so again, going back to that, sorry, I'm jumping around here. So going <laughs> back to that idea is they thought, okay, here we're highlighting it. It's sticking out. You really can't miss it when you're coming through that area and through Adventureland. Um, but the other thing that, that was interesting is it looks like they used really natural materials to do the roof and everything. And it's all metal, <laughs> you know, it's just trimmed up metal to look like, you know, that, what is it called? That thatch. Thatch. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, that was, you know, kind of an interesting part of it. The other interesting element of it is in Disney World also, they have to, like at Disneyland, consider the fact that you're going from one land to another with different types of uh, architect. And so this, this area, because it was big, was going to be viewed not only by Adventureland, but by Frontierland. Mm-hmm. So they had to do some touches to it to make sure that on the other side, as you're going into Frontierland, that it has that feel versus the tropical. Thrown out of there. Right. And so if you look at the top, they have these things that kind of look like a southwestern type of animal. Um, But when it's kind of high up. So if you're really not paying attention on the tropical side, it just looks like some, you know, parts of that pagoda that fit into that theme. So really interesting use of theming as well and to, to take into consideration that putting a building that high was going to be visible from other areas. Very cool. Michelle. (laughs) The research. (laughs) It's crazy. So good. So good. Great job. I love it. Thank you. And what about your number three? My number three. Well, I'm going to a park that we actually don't do go to. I mean, we go to virtually every Walt Disney World trip, but we don't it's not like our favorite park. We will admittedly mm-hmm. say it's not our favorite park. Mm-hmm. And that is Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. We love it. You know, there's many things we love about it. Right. But I would say that if we had three days to go to parks, it may not be on right, our list. Right. But one thing we really appreciate when we go there is walking in through it and seeing the Tree of Life. Uh, because I think it is a, just a phenomenal uh, Disney icon mm-hmm. for a park. And it's amazing the way they constructed it. It's beautiful, but it's also very functional. You know, there's an attraction within right. it, uh, the um, Bugs Life, mm-hmm. um, tough to be a bug um, attraction. Uh, but it's just fascinating to see. And it's it's great because it's, it's wonderful and beautiful from far away from many different angles. Right. But you even see more when you get up close to it and really can look at what's uh, there within the, right. the tree trunk itself. So, you know, obviously it's the icon of the park. I right. mean, it's in all the pictures, you, you know, it's just, it's stunning as it is. But what you might not know, and maybe you do, but it, it's built from an oil rig, right. you know, because when they designed this thing, they had to decide, okay, what are we getting? We're, we want to build this giant tree, 
But you know what? We're in Florida, and they tend to have a few storms there, including a lot of hurricane force <laughs> storms. So we need something that's really, really strong that can withstand that. So they they put this together out of an oil an oil platform, an mm-hmm. oil rig platform. They refitted it, um, made it with over eight thousand branches and uh, one hundred two thousand. And I'm gonna I'm reading this from the notes because I did not know this. <laughs> thermoplastic kynar leaves is what they're called and they're very strong and very Mm -hmm. you know they work very well for this yet they look realistic from far away it looks like a tree from far away meanwhile when you get up close you find all these little sculptures that you can sit there and look for hours Mm -hmm. and discover new things uh, within it 325 sculptures of both living and extinct animals that are carved into it and it's just it's just a beautiful beautiful piece of art from all different angles, far away, up close, and it's functional as well. Right. Well, that actually was my number two. So um, just to add a couple little things to it, because I think you've covered it. Good, because you'll have more notes (laughs) on it than I know. (laughs) You covered really well. It is 14 stories high. um, And... You know, you talked about needing an oil rig, um, and that is true because the weight of these branches um, was so massive, you know, that they needed something that could be that sturdy. Uh, it They did use an interesting technique to design it. So uh, like with a lot of, the, with all of their, their projects, they create a model, and then they scan that model into a computer. And then that computer actually bent all the wiring Ah. to make the branches the shapes that they needed to be. So it was a technology that they used that was uh, pretty unique um, for that purpose. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think you captured... Let's see if there's anything else in my notes. Either way, a great extra notes on the mind. I'm glad she had it on her list too because it makes me sound smarter because she's adding on to it. So, I mean, the, the other thing is when they were looking to have like a central themed uh, structure, they didn't want to have a mountain. Um, they didn't want to necessarily pick one animal because they felt like what would be the representative animal. And so, like you said, there's um, the... Um, within the the actual body of the tree having all those sculptures of various animals is really what um brings that tree to life yeah it's fun just to sit there and Mm -hmm. try and pick out these animals you know like you you see so many things right off the bat and then you look at it more like oh there's that animal oh look over here there's this animal i mean it's fascinating you could look at it probably a hundred times and still not pick out every single animal there still see new things within that tree it's really fascinating it is it is you know and we could talk about the the attraction inside i mean because it but we won't but i just want to point out that some of the audio animatronics are the most um highly technology technological audio animatronics um you know like where they have hopper and everything mm-hmm. it, it you know it and how the imagery that they do to make it seem like he hopped in and everything is really interesting but this is about architecture so i will we'll leave that for another day yeah, it's, there will be an audio animatronic uh, episode yeah. at some point when we we'll start going into those i'm sure exactly. i'm sure of it and michelle will have again the best research on that <laughs> as well <laughs> where i like i like that audio animatronic he makes me happy now you had a lot there good for you there you had a lot of research bravo yeah. honey so that's Michelle. My number three, Michelle's number, number two, two. So now we're uh, to your number two. Fantastic Disney. Um, okay, my number two. My number two. Architectural. I can say it. Mm-hmm. Disney architectural <laughs> marvel. There. Uh, my number two is Spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. Apparently I like park icons a lot. <laughs> Uh, so my number two is Spaceship Earth at Epcot. Uh, it had to be on my list. Mm-hmm. It just it makes my trip every time to go see Spaceship Earth, and it's just so beautiful from so many angles, even from really far, m- miles away. It just looks so <laughs> right. good. We've sat there out there on uh, you know at the balcony of Bay Lake Towers and mm-hmm. just marveled over how cool yeah. Spaceship Earth looks from long ways away. It's so great. Um, it's probably my favorite park icon that's not a castle in any of them Mm -hmm. Um, it's just perfect now now these are notes that i specifically took (laughs) i didn't know this i had so i'm I'm cheating here these are notes that i took about it so uh geometrically spaceship earth is derived from the class two geodesic polyhedron (laughs) (laughs) with frequency of division equal to eight 
Each face of the polyhedron <laughs> is divided into three isosceles triangles. This sounds like me, right? <laughs> to form each point. In theory, there are 11,520 total isosceles triangles forming 3,840 3, points. In reality, though, again, this is from the internet, so mm -hmm. take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> In reality, some of these triangles are partially or fully non-existent due to supports and doors. There are actually only 11,324 silvered facets and with 954 partial or full flat triangular panels. Now, if you understood that, you're a smarty Bravo. person than me. <laughs> but it does kind of showcase that how interesting it and why you look at it. And you're like, it's so fascinating mm -hmm. just to stare at and look at. But going back to why I like it, it's really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just during the day, it looks great. The shadowing from all these different triangles that they have throughout it, you right, know. How it captures the sunlight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, when, yeah, the sun at different parts of the day makes it look completely, well, not completely different, mm -hmm. but very different. And then you get to night and they shine this kind of gold, kind of purplish light on mm -hmm. it, pinkish. And it's just, it's just stunning. And it's just, I can just sit there and look at it for hours. I love pictures of it from mm -hmm. all different angles. And I love, you know, back when we were, Walking out of the parks after the you know nighttime spectacular, and you'd right. walk past it at the end of the night, and it just was that last little, you know, see you real soon right. from Epcot. Exactly. You know, like, oh. um, I I love Spaceship Earth so very much. That's why it's my number two. Yeah, I actually thought it was going to be your number one. I didn't choose it because I knew you'd probably have it on your list. Um, I did get notes from a Marty Sklar interview, so I'm thinking it's probably some accuracy because it was on my honorable mentions um it's the world's first uh geodesic sphere ever created um <laughs> uh, they also uh hired the mit imagineer not imagineers engineers um to look at the wind flow there concerning florida wind etc because they didn't want to create a wind tunnel as people mm. were coming in or going out um, and it's also interesting how they've created with the, with the different shapes when it does rain, that it doesn't get on top of everybody in it. And instead with all the shapes goes into a gutter system that drains into the waters that make up world showcase. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. Yeah. So anyways, for me, it's cool. <laughs> It is for me, too. Michelle has great notes. <laughs> no. I, I'm so glad she does this research because I just don't. Um, so, you know, again, it's so good. So good. So, oh my appreciate. so that's my number two uh, Disney architectural marvel. What's your number one favorite Disney architectural marvel? Okay, so my number one favorite um, is the Contemporary Resort. Uh, so, you know, one, it, it is a unique A-framed uh, building. Um, so it was a unique process of how they actually built it. So what they did um, is they would build models of the actual room. I mean, including everything, including, you know, the sliding glass door, the wallpaper, all the appliances, you know, not appliances, but like the sink and everything mm -hmm. like that. And then they would get cranes and load it in like a, like you're closing a dresser hmm. drawer. Um, and so they, th they thought this would be a really revolutionary technique um, to create this. And they, they were designing this with the uh, U.S. Steel. Mm -hmm. And they thought this was going to be like for the future. This is how we're going to design everything. Um, and it is still used in something. They use it in cruise ships. ships. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in terms of buildings, at least for the uh, immediate future, it, it wasn't the, the most successful approach. They did have problems with how things, how they fit and settled and everything like that. So it kind of was like, okay, that was a good idea, but it didn't quite work mm -hmm. totally for the way that they thought it would be. Um, the other interesting thing is is inside the Grand Concourse, Grand Concourse, um, you see the artwork designed uh, with by Mary Blair, who, mm -hmm. you know, we all talked about in the past, has designed uh, It's a Small World. But her, her art style and color usage is used tremendously throughout Disney attractions, not just It's a Small World. Um, the, the concept there was to be like um, the Grand Canyon or the Southwest, so that's why you get the title Grand Concourse mm. there. Um, 
And if you actually want to search online, there are uh, videos that the U.S. Steel created uh, to show how they created the rooms oh, and structure cool. and everything like that. Um, so, th and th there's some interesting stories. Uh, you know, I got different information, so I'm not sure. On the internet? On the internet, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, um, you know, some people were saying that it, they were when it was getting close to opening, because this was one of the flagship, one of two flagship hotels that were going to be open uh, on on October 1st and of 1971. And Roy, who had taken over this project, um, was found that they weren't going to make it. And so got some additional financing to kind of take over and make sure it was completed in time, which it was. I'm not sure total accuracy of all that. <laughs> Off the internet, it yeah. must be true. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, anyways, I, I, the other interesting concept that I thought historically with this building is that the Imagineers did take Walt's original Epcot design and found parts of the design that had uh, like a building that had a monorail going through it you know, that was kind of like a center area with shops and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, it and took a lot of the um, aspects of the type of designs that Walt himself drew out for Epcot, for what he thought experimental prototype community of tomorrow, and used that as the essence of creating the contemporary that's resort. Nice. So it's the, probably the resort that's closest to Walt. Right, in, in many right, regards, exactly. Right? Yeah. So cool. Anyways. Michelle's list, always <laughs> the best list, always the best research. Plus, we like staying there because it's an easy walk or monorail trip right. over to the park. And, you know, it is a unique um, looking building. In right. fact, here, oh, there was a quote in this book. Now she's looking up in the book right now. I'm going to. I'm going to talk about this <laughs> while she moves away from the microphone to try and find it in the book. We're still looking. We're almost there. Almost there. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> All for this one quote from the New York Times. It says, it's the best single building through which to observe the blending of technology, innovation, and far out fantasy that is uniquely Disney. Far out. Far I out. love it. Very cool. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, man. Feel free, honey, to edit any of that part out. Yeah, it's all staying in. <laughs> that, is, that is the best. That is go good. So. Anyways, okay, my number one. Done. Yes. And now your number now one. Now my number one again. Something pretty. <laughs> I like it. Uh, my number one is the exterior of It's a Small World at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. It has forever been my favorite favorite part of Disneyland Park. It's beautiful the way they've structured it together. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen pictures of it. They sort of have a mock-up of it within It's a Small World at Walt Disney right. World a little so, bit, yeah. but it's just so beautiful to look at and Disneyland itself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of this geometric combination of various icons from around the world and they kind of place them together and it's you know it, it's it's just stunningly beautiful. It's white and gold. It, it glimmers in the day. Uh, they have it pieced together just so perfectly. Um, uh, they also have a smiling clock tower in the middle of it right. that strikes at every 15-minute interval. And then the, uh, the Small World children come out for a little parade during right. that 15-minute interval. And, it, you know, it, it ticks off the time. So, But it's just, it's just such a wonderful sight to see, you know. And then you have all the topiaries around mm -hmm. it, including and then the water where the... Uh, the boats themselves go in and out of the attraction. It's just a fantastic place. And then when you get to holiday season and they sign it up with all these beautiful multicolored lights, right. it's just stunning when it lights up in the evenings yes. during the holiday season. And no holiday season in my mind is complete for us mm -hmm. here on the West Coast without at least one glimpse of it's a small world, the out exterior, right. it's a small world at Disneyland. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is, it really is beautiful. And it is interesting how at Walt Disney World, yes, they tried to get some of the art concepts on theirs, um, but they never really captured the essence, the life that is in that structure. You know, like you said, it does have the clock that really is telling the time. And at the quarter of the hour, the kids come out and dance and, and it, it, it just has so many unique facets to it. And again, with Mary Blair's 
um, mm-hmm. really amazing, talented eye for art and how she um, had really coordinated colors that you don't typically, at least up till then, ever would combine together. Um, but it just, it works. It just really is stunning. And you're right, the at Christmas time when it has all the different colors of lights. Thousands of lights. Right. It's just, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, even if you're not a fan of It's a Small World, mm-hmm. and I know some of you, you know, it goes either way. You either love it or you just, you can't stand hearing the music over and over <laughs> and over again or the dolls creep you out or whatever it may be. Um, to just go and see this facade, this this uh, exterior of this building. I mean, just to stop and take a look at it. It is stunning. Mm-hmm. It's another thing that if you've never been to Disneyland Park, if you've only been to Walt Disney World, you've never been to the West Coast and gotten to Disneyland, it's one of those things you're going to take in and you're just going to be wowed by right. because it is so much different and it adds so much to that attraction. Mm-hmm. It is it is beautiful. You're going to love it. So yeah. that's why it's my number one favorite. Yeah, like I said, it's a it's, great one. It's been there forever and it's it. I just love it so much. Yeah. So. I kind of thought you were we're going to go a little bit more west coast so i tried to steer away from that right so do you have any honorable mentions well i do um the japan pavilion mm-hmm. i mean there's so much related to that again symbolism is so strong in that culture and how they incorporated that within the buildings you know and and the elements of you know earth and water etc um, I was surprised a little bit not to hear you mention, and it might be on your honorable mentions, but the Chinese theater, mm-hmm. um, it is a, a real life-size replica of the facade of the original Hollywood theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which it, we have out here. Right, right. Here. You know, so that I thought that was kind of interesting in that regards. Um, and the castle at Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World, how it is a a replica of one in Germany. Mm -hmm. And so also honorable mentions. I thought about any of those to include. Yeah. Um, yeah, And I mentioned that I had a few things about the pavilions at World Showcase. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Mesoamerican Pyramid in Mexico, I think, you know, that you just walk right up the steps to. And a lot of people don't really even pay that close attention to it because you're just walking to get in there to the attractions or to shop shop or to go get a cocktail or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But it's it's stunning and and wonderful. And and it's awesome. Uh, The pagoda in Japan, I think, is is just an amazing landmark right there in the the middle of uh, all the pavilions. Uh, I love the way in uh, Italy, the way they have all the different, various different landmarks from Italy Mm -hmm. kind of pieced together, but it all flows so perfectly and it just makes you feel like you're, you know, somewhere in this wonderful marketplace in Italy. Speaking of marketplaces, the marketplace in Morocco, I think it's well, so well done. Perfect. Um, You talked about the Eiffel Tower. I love that. Uh, Some place that people may miss a lot, and that is the gardens in in Canada, Mm -hmm. which are taken off of many different Canadian gardens, but especially Bouchard Gardens uh, in Victoria, Canada, which we visited. Yes. um, It is obviously... Way, way. Butcher Gardens is huge. I right. mean, it's enormous. This is a small representation of it, but they capture it very well right. in a small, compact exactly. area um, from being there. So um, really love it. And that's many of the reasons why we love, um, again, going through and right. just strolling through. We could not, of course, we're going to eat. We're right. probably going to have a drink <laughs> when we're there. But just walking through World Showplace, it's, uh, World Showcase is just um, so nice for us and one of our favorite things to do. Right. And it, it is great how they... Um, seasonally change up the you know whether you're talking plants or flowers or everything like that that it you know that each time you go you you get different feels right agreed and i also can't leave without talking about uh, my favorite attractions on both coasts which was um we'll we'll talk about um the haunted mansion mm-hmm. on both coasts they're different uh, right. but they both capture the haunted mansion so well mm-hmm. they're just different styles you know on the west coast it's more of this uh classic um manor or right. you know plantation house or right. something along those lines uh but it's perfect for a new orleans square where right. it's located it fits in really well meanwhile over in florida it's kind of more this brick stone right. building kind yeah. of more of an east coast feel right. to it and it captures it well they're they're both great i i grew up i my uh, preference just because I've been around it more that I like mm-hmm. the West Coast one more, but I really appreciate um, the East Coast one as well over on Walt Disney World. So right. I, I think those are the force perspective and everything that they use on those to make those look so large right. and like these full um, 
mansions right. is, is pretty incredible. No, definitely. Good point. Like I said, we could talk oh. go on and on about so many buildings, you know, the Tower of there's, Terror and you know, so many. Yeah. You can just talk about Main Street USA. Yeah. Um, right. Really, there's just so much to talk mm-hmm. about. So, But those are our five favorite Disney architectural marvels. We'd love to know yours. Please hit us up uh, either on social media or through our Gmail account and let us know and we'll share them on a, uh, an upcoming show. Yeah. Look forward to hearing some of you may have other stories too. And once again, Michelle's research <laughs> and lists are the best. Nah. Geek. Crazy girl. <laughs> <laughs> fun great topic michelle once again she has not not only the best list the best research she has the very best topics (laughs) oh you're so sweet so let's get to our disney stories of the week i only got a couple for you this week but i think they're kind of interesting and i'm going to start with we received new dates for the next ultimate disney fan event this week this from a tweet sent out by d23 directly they said Quote, we are excited to announce that the next D23 Expo will be held September 9 to 11, 2022 at the Anaheim Convention Center, unquote. So this is a postponement from the original dates mm-hmm. that we found out la- at last year's D23 Expo, uh, which was originally supposed to be taking place of summer of 2021. Right. So now they've just decided and maybe they're just, you know, looking ahead. Why are we going to do take the chance that things aren't quite back to normal yet or not quite ready yet. Let's just go ahead and push it back one more year Mm -hmm. and we'll do it then. Yeah. So interesting. But like you said, it's also the same year that they're going to have the uh, Star Wars celebration. Yeah. So that is very interesting is that uh, currently Star Wars celebration 2022 is scheduled for August 18 to the 21st of 2022, also at the Anaheim Convention Center. That means they're less than three weeks apart in the same location. It's going to be, there's going to be some people that are going to have a really tough decisions right. to make. Uh, can you make both of them? Do you pick one or the other? We have some tough decisions to make right. in that. We've never been to Star Wars Celebration and we're really looking forward to going mm-hmm. this year. But then even, you know, we figured, okay, D23 Expos in 2021, we can go right. to Star Wars Celebration in 2022. Now that they're <laughs> in the same year and not only just in the same year, like back to back. Right. Um, we have some real thinking to do. But yeah. The good news is we probably won't have to decide on tickets for about a year. They didn't announce the dates when uh, the tickets will be on sale yet, but they usually go on sale about a year out right. from the event. So we have about a year to kind of figure this out. Right. Meanwhile, the, the tweet went on to say, quote, D23 Expo 2022 will be a celebration unlike any other as we give fans a first look at the incredible plans for the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company, end quote. Didn't really think about that until right. that came up. But yeah. yes, uh, 1923 mm-hmm. is the beginning of the official Walt Disney Company. So uh, 2022, especially, you know, summer, early fall of 2022, right. uh, we are going to be very much looking forward to celebrating that. So that will be very interesting to see what they come up with. In, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, the D23 Expo. I know. It's going to be spectacular. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I, again, will we go, which one will we go to? <laughs> a, little, uh, a bit of both. A bit of both. Bit of both. I like that. So, uh, moving on, we now know who will be playing one of Marvel's most important and interesting characters in its upcoming Disney Plus series. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do tell. This from Entertainment Weekly the Marvel Cinematic Universe has found its Kamala Khan. Marvel has tapped newcomer Iman Villani to play the teenage superhero for its upcoming Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, in the comics, Kamala is a Muslim-American, crime-fighting high schooler living in Jersey City, <laughs> of course, uh, with the ability to shrink or embiggen parts of her body. <laughs> uh, she made her comics debut in 2013. Uh, she was created by J, or excuse me, G. Willow w- Wilson, artist Adrian Alfona, Sorry about that, Adrian, and editor Stephen Wacker and Sanaa Amanant. I'm really good at pronouncing I'm, I'm, I'm butchering I'm, all these people's so names. You're so brave. And you're so great and talented, so I apologize for butchering your names. And ever since, she's become a fan favorite, balancing typical teenage troubles with the pressure of saving the world. She also appeared in this year's Marvel Avengers video game, which I haven't 
wow. purchased yet, but right. I'm excited to, to check it out because it looks like a really cool game. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, so that's exciting. You know, another uh, Marvel character coming to life. And this one, again, it is a, a fan favorite, a more recent character, but a fan favorite. And uh, I am fascinating by the story. And I'm, yeah. More Marvel content to Disney Plus. I'm excited about yeah, it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Wait to see what comes up from this. Yeah, that's exciting, and uh, it sounds like it's going to be really amazing to watch. And I love that we have a, a Muslim American mm-hmm. uh, superhero that's going to be yeah. taking the screen. That is just kind of really, really cool. So yeah, that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, never leave you without some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation trip to the parks, Disney Cruise, whatever the case may be. And we always start with Michelle, who is putting on lipstick right now because My she wants to. Look so dry. So perfect for this. <laughs> oh man, I'm very congested. <laughs> My lips are so dry. <laughs> it's been really hot and dry yeah. out here in California Triple recently. Digits. So totally get that. No so. humidity. Anyway, uh, she wants to look pretty for you <laughs> because you know she always gives the best <laughs> tips. So let's get right to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Well, thank you, sweetie. Um, and this is kind of a random tip. It doesn't really follow through with our our topic today, but. Um, Kind of more with, you know, like if you're going to Disney now and we know the hours are shortened, maybe you're a golfer. Maybe you want to get out there and play some golf. And one of the things you might not be aware of is that if you are staying at one of the Disney-owned properties, you can get complimentary taxi to and from the golf courses in your hotel. So Shades um, of green, right? uh, Well... Yeah, they have different golf courses throughout. Cause right. They have some, yeah. yeah. So, but they're all kind of tied into the same. Right. Depending where area. you want to go, um, so you can either um, call four zero seven WDW Golf, or you can at your hotel go to um, guest services and help them. And they'll give you the vouchers mm. uh, to have. Free oh, this is a taxi, or is it like a, a rideshare service? Well, I mean, it says taxi. I don't know if they have. Um, you know, because of how they've had some um, links with some of the uh, share ride shares. Boy, I'm really slowing down my ability to talk. It was here. all that research you did. I know. Wearing you out. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, so with some of the tie-ins I had, like with um, the minivans and everything like that, with some of these um, ride sharing services, they might use that. I don't know um, what, what I research and seeing it it's they're saying taxi vouchers Mm -hmm. you know so again if you're staying there and you don't have a car and you this way you're not having to pay for either a taxi or a ride share and you still want to be able to get to play maybe you want to go early in the morning before the latent rope drop time at the parks you know you You could do that it's a great tip and yeah i mean sure if you just call them up and ask them what what can i use this voucher in they'll explain it all to right, you right, right. there. So, yeah, but yeah. Call very four, cool. 407 WDW Golf. Michelle always has the best <laughs> tip. I had no idea about that. And I do want to play golf at Walt Disney World at so some point. There you so, go. Uh, can get look into that. Free so transportation. Great. I know we've talked about doing it with, with Rob mm-hmm. and Kim LeBerry, you know, from the Hoopty Duo Review podcast right. and the Jedi Temple Archives podcast and talking about how Rob and I would play golf and you ladies would sit in the golf cart and enjoy <laughs> some cocktails <laughs> while we were around the course. Yes. And that would be a lot of fun. We'd be totally in for that so that's great michelle's tips always the best tips my tip i'm because michelle's tips are (laughs) always the best tip i'm basically stealing from her basic concept of look up and just going back to what Mm -hmm. we talked about today and that is we talked you heard us talk about so much great disney architecture Mm -hmm. today uh it's everywhere we talked about a few main things but Mm -hmm. it's all around you when you're in the parks and so my tip is just slow down every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Don't feel the need to go from just attraction to attraction to attraction or attraction to a dining reservation right. or whatever it is. Slow down. Like Michelle always says, look up, mm-hmm. but just kind of look around right. and enjoy what these Imagineers have done because they've, they, there's so many things that, yes, there are obvious things like Spaceship Earth or some of these right. backdrops or... Um, you know, the castle, obviously, mm-hmm. or whatever, or the tree of life. There are obvious ones, but they they work on all these things to make them look 
wonderful and bring you into the moment of you know immersion right. in, within Disney and make you feel a certain way. And most of them you don't even notice unless right. you really take a look at them and see all the work they've done uh, to make them be so cool. Right. I totally agree. And that, you know, it's it's what makes the park unique, what makes it something that people, you know, you don't, you don't even always notice sometimes that that's why you're going back. But if you really take that moment, I mean, it'll make your trip so much better. Yeah, it really will. You know, and, and sometimes it's, it's just nice to <laughs> slow down and, and, and take a look at these things that right. are around you, especially if you've been to these uh, parks so many times. Uh, there'll be things every time you go that you've never noticed right. before. So again, stealing from Michelle's best <laughs> tips of look up, uh, really just look, look up and look around and just enjoy idea, uh, all honey. the things the Imagineers have done for you. So uh, that's it for this week. Next week, well, we have another five favorite list mm-hmm. for you. You know, it's the Halloween season, whatever the Halloween season will be for us this right. year. But... We're still going to enjoy in some way. And what's one of the favorite things we like about Halloween, especially Disney involved? It's Disney villains. And what are some (laughs) of the greatest things about Disney villains? Their songs. Mm -hmm. So next week, we are going to be doing our five favorite Disney villain songs. I'm looking forward to it. It's very exciting. There are some great ones. It will not be easy to limit this down to five, and I'm sure we won't. But (laughs) we will have a lot of fun with it just the same. And of course, we'll want to get your input on that as well. So uh, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. Or the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... Please sign up for our newsletter. Yes, please sign up for the newsletter. We put out lots of interesting things for you. By the way, I forgot to mention this earlier. Duh. Uh, We have a new category for Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame. It's a classic. It's not a new category. It's a classic category. One from last year that we went through. And we already have uh, three films that have made it into our Hall of Fame. So you won't need to nominate them. But it is our, it's the best Disney animated film. So it's Disney or Pixar. The films that made it in last year were Disney's Aladdin, Disney's Beauty and the Beast, and Pixar's Toy Story. So you don't need to nominate them, but any other Disney or Pixar animated film that you've enjoyed, that are your favorite, we want to know your five favorites, and those nominees, the ones that get the most, will make it onto our final ballot. That's a great topic. Yeah. So... Uh, anyway, moving on, uh, please follow us on social media. I'll put it on social media too, so you can check it out out there. We are on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel. Please find us and subscribe to us on YouTube. Just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe, and whenever we have a new video, you will be the first to know. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And like we said earlier on, if you have questions for us uh, or questions about things that we presented, please let us know. We want to clarify anything and any feedback. We love it. We love feedback, and we love it when you tell friends about the show. And again, uh, thank you for making September being our most downloaded Yay, month of all time. I was looking back at our stats. We had nearly double as many downloads this September as we did September a year ago. Nice. Our community is growing. Our thank Hyperion you. Adventure com- family is growing. Um, and it's all thanks to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. That's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.